Hello and thank you for joining me. I'm Josh Davis, the pastor at Winfield Community Church, and the mission here is to answer any and all questions you might have, and I am so excited to be able to walk you or walk with you through some challenging obstacles within our faith and, uh, and, and how we see it play out in our lives. Today I wanted to just take a small uh, turn for a moment. Rather than answering a submitted question, I wanted to talk about questions in general. There is a lot to unpack when it comes to the Word of God. There's so much there. The Bible itself tells us that it is alive and that it is active and uh, that it reveals truth to us, and it does so many different things that it changes uh, who we are at our very core. And so I don't want to devalue questions by any means. I think it is so important to ask questions. I'm probably one of the most inquisitive people you'll ever meet. The question why is my knee-jerk response to just about any piece of information that is ever given to me. Why does something work like that? Why do we do things that way? Why does God tell me I need to do certain things? Why, why, why? And I don't ask why because I'm challenging anyone's authority or anything. I'm genuinely curious as to how things are being run, how how does a machine work, how does an organization function, uh, and why is the easiest way to get to the root and really devour something, understand it at its very core. So I certainly don't want to discourage anybody from asking any questions. There are no quote-unquote bad questions, and I'm certainly happy to walk you through it. That being said, when we're reading the Word of God or when we're spending time alone with God and we are just trying to develop our relationship with God, it's important to understand why you're asking certain questions. I've had a lot of mentors who at different points in time tell me that I'm asking quote-unquote the wrong question. That's not because there are bad questions or there even are wrong questions. The thing they were trying to teach me is the question you're answer, asking is not going to give you the answer that you're looking for. So, for example, when I was young and getting ready to start out in ministry, I asked a question of a mentor. I said, what Bible college should I go to in order to become a youth pastor? And he told me I was asking basically the wrong question because the question I was asking was so narrow-minded and so narrow-focused that I wasn't really asking what God wanted me to do. I was asking what his opinion on a career move was. And so he mentored me into reorganizing my thought process that rather than what college should I attend, I should ask God what my next step is in my journey into vocational ministry. You see, the one thing the one, he could have answered and said, I recommend these two or three colleges. I likely would have applied to them and gone to them, and my entire life trajectory, uh, especially vocationally, would have been colossally different. But when he sat me down and he said, listen, 
I know you think that you're supposed to be a youth pastor because you're in your 20s and you feel God calling you into vocational ministry, but have you really sat down and prayed and asked God exactly what direction he would have for your life? He said, if he's calling you to ministry, don't don't confine that to any one thing. If God's calling you to go into vocational ministry, then just broadly accept whatever job he brings your way within vocational ministry. And that doesn't discount or uh, remove the opportunity to go to Bible college and further your education. It's just that if you are so narrow-focused on what you think is the next step in your trajectory, you will miss the open doors that God is giving you. And it was so crucial for me to begin to understand how to ask the right questions, especially when it comes to spiritual matters, because so often we get caught up in the details of things that really we're missing what God is trying to reveal to us. So it's really important to understand that while there are certain things that we look for explanation for, because we're just curious, we're inquisitive human beings, I don't think it's a bad thing to want to understand the vastness of the power of God and ask specific certain questions to try and understand it. However, I do think it's important to note that at times those questions just can't be answered, and that's okay because God created the universe, God is sovereign, and if he says it, that's all you need. There are a couple of different passages in Scripture I'd like to share with you. Romans chapter 11, verse 33 says, Oh, the depth and the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. And then uh, Psalms, in the book of Psalms, I'm sorry, I lost it here. Psalms chapter 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And then one of my favorites, and it almost feels like you're cheating when you rely on a verse like this, but it's one of my favorites. It's Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, and at the beginning of that verse it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we, that we may do all the words of, of this law. So it's important to understand that the vastness of God is so impossible to comprehend that sometimes when we come across certain questions, certain things, that it is okay to just rely on the sovereignty of God and accept the fact that He said it, and that's all that matters. As a parent, as a father, I appreciate the fact that my son wants to know why all the time. He's extremely inquisitive and I value that. I really think that that is to his benefit, because the more and more he can understand certain things, eventually the less and less I'll have to explain to him, because he will begin to become a logical processor. He will begin to become a critical thinker, and he will be able to analyze and understand things himself. However, there are moments as a dad 
that when my kid says why, I say, because I'm dad. That's all that you need to know. You don't always need to know the why, but a lot of times it can be really beneficial. The next passage I want to share with you is a fairly familiar one. Most of us should be at least reasonably familiar with it, uh, and I will read it now. It says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters so that a so that excuse me and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse and it was so and God called the expanse heaven and there was evening and there was morning the second day And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together. He called seas and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees, bringing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its own kind, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens and separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God said to them, in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. 
he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit you shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. That's the first chapter of the Word of God. That's Genesis chapter 1. How do you explain that? I think it is noble to try to understand the foundation of the earth, to understand how the earth came into being. However, sometimes, rather than just relying on God's awesome power, we attempt to explain how he did certain things. If you look further in the book of Genesis, you'll see how he created man and woman from his rib, and, uh, and you'll understand that from the dust of the earth, man was created and formed and, and brought into being. And to ask the question, how, and then begin to attempt to explain it scientifically, stuff like that, I would argue, you're asking the wrong question. So what is the right question? How do we drill down and and narrow in more effectively on what the right questions are? Well, I think it's important to understand that God created, right? So God spoke into being from something or, or from nothing. He made something. And it's important to not only understand that, but believe it to be true. And there are many different ways to uh, theologically view that and understand that. I know that Genesis 1 is poetry. I know that there are other ways in which to uh, understand and receive this. But at the end of the day, if you're asking questions, and those questions lead to answers that devalue the awesome power of the Almighty God, I'm here to tell you you're asking the wrong questions. As we're going through life and we're asking questions, it's okay. You ask any question you want. But what we need to do, what we are genuinely compelled as humans and specifically as Christians is to evaluate the heart of our question, just like my mentor did for me when I was younger, I didn't really care what my next step in the process was. I just wanted advice. And he drilled down a little further and he said, what's this guy's heart? And my heart was that God had called me to vocational ministry and I just assumed the next step. And he said, rather than just assuming the next step and asking for advice, why don't you spend time evaluating your heart, aligning your heart with the heart of God, and take the next step that he's calling you to take? And so as we ask these questions, right, how did God create the entire universe in a week? 
in less than a week? How did God pick up some dust off the ground and form it into mankind? That's an okay question to ask. You're allowed to ask that question. But if you ask it with the wrong heart, if you're not asking it to better understand the will and the heart of the Almighty, if you're asking it so that you can better explain scientifically the way a supernatural thing happened, then you're asking it for the wrong reason. The question is not, how did God create? Scientifically, we will never understand how something comes from nothing. A better question might be, why? Why did God feel it necessary to create man? Why did God, knowing that man was going to fall, knowing that man, why did he feel it necessary to create? If we understand a little more about his heart, why he created man, how he did it seems a little more irrelevant. The questions we ask as we go through our lives, especially as Christians, should be focused towards the heart of God. Our job is to grow more and more to look like Christ, to, to become the creation that he has called us to be on a more and more regular basis, to say no to the old self more and more often and yes to the new creation that he has made more and more often. And if our job is to look more like Christ, in order to do that, we need to understand more and more the heart of God. And so the questions that we ask need to be questions that draw us closer to the heart of God. Now, if understanding things scientifically helps you draw closer to God, then that's fine. But at the end of the day, he who is ancient, he who existed before anything else, certain things that he knows and he keeps to himself, and we don't always get the answers and if your faith, if your belief, if your understanding of Jesus Christ is based on provable fact, then at some point you will find yourself asking a question that you're not able to get an answer to, and that's really going to rock your faith. It's really going to challenge at your core the things that you believe. So my challenge to you, my, my encouragement to you is not stop asking questions, I'll ask questions until the day I die. Every day that I live is a day that I want to learn, and if I haven't learned anything today, I've wasted time. The way we learn is by asking questions. But rather than just asking any old question, really focus and ask yourself, what is God revealing to us? How is God showing his heart to us? How can this draw me closer to him, whether it be a struggle in my life, a word in his uh, holy Bible, or just things that we're going through? Asking the right question, how, how can I draw closer to God through this? How, how can I understand the heart of the Almighty a little bit better? Those are the questions that are going to aid us in our journeys 
as Christians that are going to help us grow to be more and more like him. I hope this gives you something to think about. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me this afternoon, and uh, we will talk to you again later in the week.